What is going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to episode eight of Nutrition Talks with Nicole. I am your host. My name is Nicole. If you aren't dumb, you probably figured that out. Okay, um, this episode today is going to be about diet culture and my stance on it. I'm going to talk about what diet culture is, where you're going to see diet culture most prevalent, how I have been able to get away from diet culture, and then, you know, what I'm going to do moving forward with my my coaching business, what I'm going to do as a registered dietitian, how I'm going to be approaching my process of, you know, helping clients reach their weight loss goals and form healthier habits so that I'm not feeding into diet culture in a negative way. I really hope that you guys enjoy this one. If you could, I'm, I'm going to tell you this at the end of the episode too, but rate five stars, review on Spotify, or sorry, Apple Podcasts. I always get those mixed up. Follow on Spotify, share with a friend, or share on your story that you are listening. Anything helps me out so much. If you are interested in applying for one-on-one coaching with me, go on over to my Instagram. It's at Nicole.D underscore fit. I will link it in the show notes. There is a link in my bio where you can fill out an application form and I will reach out to you. I am in the process of redoing my website. So I'm going to have a whole new link. I will announce that when it is officially ready. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So this topic has been on my mind quite frequently, and it's because I am starting my program in January, and this is kind of like things are getting real. You know, you are actually going to be working towards becoming a registered dietitian, and part of my job for the rest of my life is going to be education and helping people learn things about nutrition and learn what's going to work best for them specifically. And so I have had to think a lot about diet culture because it's, I mean, it's what the fitness industry itself is just majority revolved around. And so I kind of have to figure out, you know, what is going to going to be my stance on diet culture? How am I going to approach it so that I'm not like feeding into it in a negative way? And just how am I going to go about my business and how I educate other people and kind of my standpoint on dieting in general? Because as I've evolved and have learned and educated myself. My beliefs have changed and how I do things have changed. And so I want to talk about how that whole 
evolution happened. But first, for people who don't really know what diet culture is, I kind of just want to give some definitions and examples of what diet culture means. So diet culture is a set of beliefs revolving around the idea that thin bodies are the most desirable, valuable, and healthy. Diet culture also conveys that eating a certain way is quote-unquote good or bad and that a person's worth increases when eating healthy, quote-unquote healthy, or when living in a small body. So that's one that I found just with a quick Google search and I found it on www.cultivatejoynutrition.com. It was just the first thing that popped up. Another website that I found was, I think she's a dietitian. Uh, oh, yes. Brianna O'Malley wrote an article, What is Diet Culture? She is a registered dietitian. And she wrote that diet culture is a system of beliefs that worship thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue, which means that you can spend your whole life thinking you're irreparably broken just because you don't look like the impossibly thin, quote-unquote, ideal Um, Diet culture promotes weight loss as a means of attaining higher status, which means that you feel compelled to spend a massive amount of time, energy, and money trying to shrink your body, even though the research is very clear that almost no one can sustain intentional weight loss for more than a few years. Diet culture demonizes certain ways of eating while elevating others, which means you are forced to be hyper vigilant about your eating, ashamed of making certain food choices, and distracted from your pleasure, your purpose, and your power. Diet culture oppresses people who don't match up with its supposed picture of health, which disproportionately harms women femmes, trans folks, people in larger bodies, people of color, and people with disabilities, damaging both their mental and physical health. So she also gives some examples of diet culture. She said, when you start to notice and recognize the vast reach of diet culture, you'll begin to notice everyday statements and conversations that are fueled by it. So these are things that maybe I've said I've even said, I've probably said them, or that you've seen other people say on social media or in your day-to-day life if you're just talking to somebody else. So one example, if I was thinner, then I'd want to go to the gym regularly. I used to dance, but I'm too blank to now, I'm too blank to now, maybe if I was, I don't really understand them. Okay, that was a bad one. (laughs) Um, Oh man, if I ate like that every day, I'd be blank. Or they'd like me more if my body was blank. And lastly, well, in high school, I weighed X amount, but haven't been able to get back to that since. So these are things that I'm sure you've heard people say, but are kind of all grounded around the idea that a smaller body is 
healthier, more desirable, and more deserving of happiness. And this is something that I definitely got roped into. And I know that a lot of what I was saying to other people, and most importantly, the things that I was saying to myself on a regular basis were very much centered around this diet culture mentality. When I was in my late teens and 20s is when I got into lifting specifically. This is kind of when everything took off and when I started to go out of my way to educate myself about fitness and nutrition topics. Now, it's not to say that I did it in the right way because I pretty much used just like Instagram and YouTube. And a lot of the time, I was just kind of following fitness influencers, bikini competitors, um, and different bodybuilders, and kind of just listening to what they were saying, what they were doing. And a lot of the time, these people were in prep for bodybuilding shows. And the things that they were doing, it was almost like because they were doing them, I thought that I had to do them too, even though I wasn't prepping for like any sort of show or had some sort of thing that there was an end date and I needed to be ready for it. So that was kind of the first thing that, or the those are the first things that I noticed when I look back at that time. I was completely immersed in this diet culture when I would go on social media and honestly it was like I thought about all of these things all of the time and it didn't get better when I started in my prep in 2017 for my first two bodybuilding shows I oh man I mean, it was exciting to be in prep for a show like that because it was new and it was something that I had never done before. But to say it was all-consuming and it was the only thing that I ever thought about is not an understatement. I swear, I I don't know. When I look back at that time, I don't think that I'm the same person that I am now. Everything that I posted on Instagram or Facebook was centered around dieting. Everything that I really talked about with other people was prepping for this show. And, you know, sometimes like it wasn't brought on by me specifically, but it was something that like even people would just bring up to me quite often simply because it was something that I was doing and... I mean, when you're prepping for a show like that, it's something that a lot of people are not familiar with, and so they're really curious about it. And so I just think I found myself talking about it all the time with everyone, and this unintentionally just kind of like fueled my thoughts and focus on, on diet culture in general. So that's kind of like where it where it started, where it kind of took off was probably 2016, you know, starting into my first bodybuilding prep and, you know, going into 2018, 
did not get any better by any means. And um, 2018 was kind of when I really got wrapped into it heavily. And I say that because it was all of a sudden like I was trying to make sure that I kept this lean physique after my show uh, since I was getting a lot of attention, positive attention from being as lean as I was. And so it was just adding more fuel to that fire and created a pretty nasty relationship with food and my body image and things like that. Being so immersed in that culture, especially online, made me feel like I couldn't be a bigger version of myself because I wouldn't be liked by other people. And it was it was just very um, emotionally damaging and really hard to deal with during that time in my life, specifically because there was a lot of other things going on too. So it was just kind of one of those things that I also, it was just, again, adding more fuel to the fire. And I would say this mindset really didn't start to change until middle of 2019 when I pulled out of uh, prep because I finally for the first time realized that I wanted to feel normal again or see what it was like to live a normal life because for three years all I was doing was focusing on when my next show was going to be and that's kind of how I was planning my life and living my life when I let myself go of that without having expectations of a show or like a show date is when I finally realized that I don't know it was like a curtain was like lifted and I finally understood what it was like to be normal again that's that's really the only way that I can describe it and not having to worry about checking in with my coach every Saturday, being able to, you know, go out on a Friday night with friends and drink or eat pizza on a Saturday night and not and not feel guilty because Sunday was the only day that I would like allow myself to have a, a free meal. There were just a lot of things that would go on in my head, a lot of restrictions that I was finally able to start letting go of. And then again, I thought that I was going to hop back into another prep at the beginning of 2020, just like I had done every single year prior. And COVID happened and it kind of made me have to take a step back from everything. You know, I didn't even have a gym to go to. And this is when things really started to take a turn for the better. And I truly, truly started to live more, live my life more on my terms rather than like how I thought that I should be living because I was so immersed in this diet culture. And I just kind of started to say, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do what's going to make me happy. And I don't know if I'm ever going to compete again. So I just need to start focusing my attention on other things and one of those things was just focusing on doing movement that I 
actually enjoyed. And so I started going on walks more and I did cardio because I, call me crazy, but I genuinely do enjoy like getting on the bike and having a good sweat session or going into the gym and focusing on just moving weight instead of like having to do a specific amount of sets and reps and yada 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 you know just training because I truly enjoyed it and eating foods that I like you know that satisfy satisfy cravings but also like nutritional needs because I wanted to eat them and if I had something different or if I had a little snack of something it wasn't going to be the end of my life So that's when, so this year is kind of when I really did start to let go of this mindset. And it's something that I'm still working on, of course, but it's not as much of a struggle as it used to be. You know, I don't think that I could have said this a year ago. And one thing that has just solidified all of this and this mindset shift that I had is or that I'm currently still in because I don't know I could still be changing right now talking to you but is that I finally did all of this did all of these things on my terms because I I want to do it and it makes me feel good I started to like really like how I look you know, this is the first year that I've really just enjoyed my physique as it is, you know, not not stage lean or close to close to an end of a prep. Um, I just truly enjoy where it is sitting at, you know, I'm probably like 15 pounds heavier than what I would be at my lowest if I were like dieting for a show and I'm good and I feel strong and I feel healthy and I feel capable of anything and everything so that's kind of where I'm at personally so now we have to kind of like dive into how I want to educate other people moving forward or right now and how I've been doing it, I guess. And a lot of my coaching is very flexible. So, and I'm going to continue to to be that way for the rest of my life. Whether that's working for somebody else or working for myself, my approach will always be flexible and will always be based on what my client needs because everybody is going to be different and not and each person that comes to me isn't going to need help in the same way some people might just be looking to get rid of some unhealthy habits that they have been partaking in for the majority of their life so that could be anywhere from consuming too much alcohol to eating too large of portions of specific foods to other people that really want to get serious about changing their their body through dieting and weightlifting because honestly that's the only way that I believe that you can really transform your body is through lifting weights so 
well, I shouldn't say that so definitively, but I hope that you know what I'm talking about. So I want to be able to tailor my approach to each individual specific specific goal, for one, and where they're at in their journey. Because some people are just getting started and they're not really ready for such a huge commitment to all of the changes that maybe need to be made. It Sometimes people just need to be need to ease into it and I want to be able to approach the process with each client differently in my way but different for every single person which I know that I'm sure there are a lot of people who already do that but a lot of the people that I do follow on Instagram who are coaches tend to do the same exact thing for every single person that they work with and not that it's a bad thing. I'm not talking shit about it at all. If, you know, you find what's going to work for you and you find that it works for a lot of the clients that come to you for help, then of course, though, you know, you should continue to be doing that. But for me, this is kind of my standpoint on things and I am going to have a more flexible approach in terms of my protocols and what I expect of people. Because, yeah, for those that are really ready to get serious and dedicate their their time and a lot of their life to some sort of diet and, and workout regimen, then, yes, I'm probably going to be a little bit harder on them than somebody who just comes to me because they want to work on eating more balanced meals. So you can see the difference in, in the approach that would have to be taken. Like, I'm not going to get mad at somebody for going out to dinner on a Thursday night who is just wanting to work on eating balanced meals. (laughs) So I hope that that all kind of makes sense. And that is my current stance on diet culture and how I am going to be approaching it with my coaching now as well as in the future when I become a registered dietitian and start working in the field of dietetics. And one of the things that I really find helpful is teaching people, not necessarily just telling them what to do, but teaching them why. And that's a lot of what I'm going to base my coaching and education around because I don't want people to have to need a coach forever. People should work with somebody for a short amount of time and then take what they've learned and apply it themselves. That's the number one goal. Of course, I would love to work with everyone forever, but it's just not realistic. That's It doesn't work that way. So at the end of the day, the educational part of it all is number one. That's how I'm going to be doing things. That's how I'm going to be approaching things now and in the future. All right, so the next couple things that I wanted to talk about were one, where you are going to find diet culture most prevalent, like the types of environments and situations, and then talk about my mentality now and how I've been able to get away from the mindset that a smaller body is a better body or having visible abs is better than not 
having abs at all or being able to see them. So first, where is diet culture most prevalent? You could probably guess it, but social media. So I think or I feel like the fitness industry has really latched on to platforms like Instagram and Facebook to market their products, their diet products, supplements, services. And I'm not saying that all of these products are bad, but there are quite a few that under or over promise and under deliver, which is the biggest issue when it comes to diet culture. And we see companies hiring influencers or fitness influencers to help promote their products as well. The next place that you're probably going to see it is in the gym. And, you know, this is true and not true because, well, it's pretty true, I guess. When I was you know, really into competing, a lot of my friends also did the same exact thing. And during that time in our lives, we were just very much fixated on dieting and working out and checking in with coaches and following a set plan and thinking about our next show or prepping for a show, etc., etc. It was just kind of all that we talked about and that's what we bonded over and a lot of my close friends now have kind of phased out just like I have of this this mentality or these these things but for a while there it's kind of all that we cared about and when you go to the gym a lot of the people there are working towards something, whether that's to lose body fat or gain lean mass. So many of the conversations are kind of centered around, oh, well, what are you like? What are you eating? Uh, what do you do for cardio? What like what are you training? Blah blah blah. What are you training for? A lot of these conversations are just brought up naturally because that's what a lot of these people have in common and I don't know if I said this before but it's not necessarily a bad thing but it could be potentially potentially could be number three obviously you know tv advertisements people advertising their diet products or their um, new new diet fad or whatever. So we see a lot of that on TV. In the grocery store, that's number four. You know, when you look at products and they're labeled a specific way or the even the pictures and lettering and all, you can tell how these brands are trying to market certain things as healthy and so then it makes you think about you know one food versus another food like this one's good this one's bad based on how it's marketed even though it's probably the same exact thing and then lastly 
you'll just hear it in your day-to-day conversations with people. Like, when I worked, because I don't work in like a normal nine to five anymore, but this was something that a lot of people, knowing that I was really into nutrition, would talk to me about. And so a lot of the conversations that I'd have in my daily life were people asking me about nutrition or people asking me questions about or working out. And it wasn't necessarily, again, a bad thing, but it's still these, it's still being reminded that we're all so fixated on trying to look a certain way and be this certain thing and that there are so many people that just aren't really happy with where they're at currently and they're trying to do something to change it. Now, how do I try to steer clear of getting wrapped up in this diet culture myself is easier said than done but I've been able to do it so far and I'm still working on it. The one thing that I have to remind myself often is that I care more about my abilities than my outward appearance. So for example, when it comes to the gym, I focus on my performance if I'm hitting PRs, you know, every week. And that helps me focus on fueling my body with the nutrients that I need in order to perform well in the gym and recover from my training sessions. This is something that I did not care about for a very long time. All I cared about was how I looked. I would go into the gym and I all I would do would I, all I thought about was how is this lift? going to make me look is it going to make me look better like after this training session am I going to look better than I did before it was all about it was all about the external appearance it was never about how well I performed in the lift itself so I didn't really grasp this mentality or this these thoughts until this year and it has helped me so much. And my body has never looked better at, one, the weight that I'm at, which doesn't even matter. But two, with the lifestyle that I'm living, the fact that I'm able to be kind of as flexible as I want, you know, to an extent. I care about my overall health. So I choose foods that are going to benefit me overall. But this is the best that I've looked while being able to be flexible. And it's because I've taken my focus from how is this going to make me look? How am I going to look to how am I going to perform in the gym? That is the number one thing that has helped me kind of veer away from diet culture and not focus on it as much. Now, my profession, however, is going to be very much tied into this in some form or fashion. But again, like I explained earlier, I'm going to do my best to focus, to always focus on 
the people that I work with's overall health rather than what they look like or what their weight is. Those those are the things that are going to just hopefully change naturally during the process of trying to form healthier habits. So yeah, this is where I'm at right now and I'm pretty happy about it, <laughs> not gonna lie. It's There's days that are not as easy as others but that's kind of with anything in life. What I'm that's what I'm starting to realize is that nothing is ever just going to be great all the time. So just like anything else, there are hard days. But so far I've been pretty successful and I continue I'm going to just continue to work on it. So I hope that this episode helps you guys not only learn about what diet culture is if you didn't know, but also to figure out if you are a part of it in some sort of way or if you are consuming content that is greatly a part of it. I know that I do. It's, it's not wrong to, to be immersed in diet culture. I don't think that it's wrong. But just be aware of how it's affecting your mental health. Because for me, it was a huge driving factor to feeling anxious and not feeling good enough and so a lot of the things that were contributing to diet culture like accounts that I followed and things like that or like things that I did people that I surrounded myself around I had to get rid of them so just kind of think about it for yourself and get rid of the things that are not going to be or that are not going to serve you in a positive way And just be aware of like what you say online and what you say to other people because sometimes it can be triggering to people that struggle with either, you know, eating disorders or uh, are very insecure about their weight or outward appearance, things like that. All right, so this is a good time to wrap things up. I hope that you guys enjoyed this one today. I thought that it was a good topic to discuss because it's it's a huge thing in our in our world today, especially with the internet being such a big thing and social media platforms being such a big thing. Remember, if you guys could help me out in any way possible, support me, support the podcast. It's completely free to rate me five stars, review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify. And if you could share that you're listening on your social media platforms or just share it with a friend who you think might enjoy this episode or previous episodes. I really, 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 really appreciate all of the support because I don't make any money off of this podcast. I don't have any sponsors or anything like that. I just do this for fun. I do this to educate people for free. So any little thing helps. Next week's episode, Jake is going to be back on. We are going to get the audio right this time. I know that it was probably painful to listen to that one. Gosh, I feel like such a podcast noob still because I'm getting the hang of this editing thing I'm getting the hang of the sound issues and whatnot but we are going to be talking about 
outside support when it comes to, well, in this case, competition preps. And I think that I'm going to dive into talking about my competition experience and what I've learned throughout the process because it's something that I haven't talked about yet and it's a topic that I know people were interested in hearing about. So get ready for that one and Jake and I will talk to you next week.